We are entering a new uh, phase of our series called Anchored in Power, the Holy Spirit. We're going to take a few weeks to talk about the Holy Spirit and to really get into what the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit is, uh, what his work, person and work is all about. We really get into the person and work of Jesus Christ, but the person and work of the Holy Spirit manifests and reveals to us the great things that God has in store for us. It's the work of the Holy Spirit in your life that brings every spiritual blessing into your heart and into your life. It doesn't matter how, many, how much information that you get. It doesn't matter how much Bible that you know. It's the Holy Spirit's work in your heart that manifests and reveals Christ's work in your life. Gives you all the spiritual blessings that you'll ever experience. So we're going to look at the, at the Holy Spirit. Now, when I was growing up, we used the King, old King James Version. And in that version, where they put spirit was ghost. The Holy Ghost. You know? And I was a kid, and uh, ghosts weren't cool, man. Okay? That was like dead people coming back to life. So I did not get into that. And especially when you'd read the, the, the passage of Scripture with John the Baptist. John said, I indeed baptize you with water. Now, friends, water's cool. We slosh around in water. You know, we bathe with water. Water refreshes us. It quenches our thirst. But then he said, but there comes another who will baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. Okay? That's the way I took it as a kid. But I had to find out and I had to realize the person and work of the Holy Spirit. He's not third rate. He's not the third rank in the Godhead. He is God the Spirit, Father God, Father Son, Father, uh, Holy Spirit, who is God. Jesus said, I got to go. The disciples said, no, man, where are you going? I got to go because when I go, I'm going to be glorified. And when I'm glorified, the Father will send the promise of the Holy Spirit to you. Tarry in Jerusalem, and when you do, you will be endued with power from on high, the very power and presence of God Almighty, who, in, who created the cosmos, created the universe, is determined to be with you and to dwell in you. Does that blow your mind? God, the Holy Spirit. He was here this morning as he ministered to us corporately. He's here every moment of the day, 24 hours a day, moment by moment. He's interceding for you and he's, he's expressing Christ to you. Let's look up this, uh, take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 14, and we'll read 16 and 17. John chapter 14, 16 and 17. And it reads like this. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, comforter, advocate, to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will ask the Father, and he will give. I will ask, the Father will give. Isn't that reminiscent of what Christ has given us as the priesthood of God today? We will ask, and the Father gives. Look at the Father's love. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us, lavished on us, that we might be called the children of God. 
What a great love from the Father. Amen? What a great love from the Son. That he would say, yes, Dad. Yes, Father. I'm going. And I don't go because you've asked. I go on my own accord. I will lay down my life for those that will come to know me. That their sins might be forgiven. That they'll experience the Holy Spirit. God's presence with us forever and ever and ever. How many know eternal life doesn't start when you pass pearly gates? Eternal life starts when you're born again by the Spirit of God. Amen? All of a sudden, you're born into the kingdom of God. This kingdom is nothing. The kingdom of this world and the kingdom of its kings and of its nations and of its armies is nothing compared to the kingship of the Lord Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God that we are welcomed into now. Because of the work of the Father, the work of the Son, and the work of God, the Holy Spirit, who ministers salvation to us. What a great, great God we serve. How do we know that the Holy Spirit is a person? And when I say person, that is, has personable characteristics, right? When the Holy Spirit is described, personal pronouns are used. In John chapter 16, the coming of the Spirit... Referred 12 times to the Holy Spirit with the, with the masculine Greek pronoun he. 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 Let's not get all Star Warsy up in here, people. It's not a force. It's not an ethereal, abstract energy and power that comes upon us. It's not a, a force that is eerily inflicted on us to... Cause us to do his will and his purpose like zombies. I am a Christian and I will love you. <laughs> Even if I don't. Yes, listen. listen, man. It's not like that. He is a person. We're going to look at four aspects of the person of the Holy Spirit today. Four aspects of the person of the Holy Spirit today. Four essential elements of personality. Number one, intellect. Aren't you glad that you have an intellect? You have a mind that can learn. You have a mind that can uh, work things out. You have a mind that can reason. The Bible speaks about the Holy Spirit having an intellect or a mind. 1 Corinthians 2.11 says, No one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is the living one who has access to the thoughts of God even the deep thoughts of God. Romans 8, 27 says that the Holy Spirit also has access to us. He's, he who searches our heart knows the mind of Christ. So we have an intellect to understand the things of God, a mind that can reason, a mind that can think. Many of us uh, have awesome, awesome intellect and knowledge and wisdom and insight. That's from God, and that's a characteristic of God himself. He has an intellect and he has a mind. The Bible also says that the Spirit of God has, a, has feelings. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. You know, when I was growing up, I never wanted to hurt my mom. She was a special lady. Never wanted to grieve her. You know why? Because I knew that she loved me. With all the wooden spoons and all the talks and all the, the little 
holding on to my ear in church, you know, and she's talking to, to ladies. Oh, praise God, yes. And she's squeezing my ear. It's like, you know, I'm still, oh, you know, all that. I knew that she loved me. She took the time to discipline me. We don't want to hurt the people that we love. Isn't that true? Previously in this passage of Scripture, it talks about the sins, sexual sins, sins of greed, sins of stubbornness, sins of resisting the Holy Spirit, actions on our behalf, behavior that hurts the heart of God, hurts the one we love. And the Bible says here, Holy Spirit has feelings. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. When we get to know the Holy Spirit, there's this love relationship with him. We never, ever want to hurt him. We never, ever want to grieve him because we realize that he, he loves us and he's manifesting the blessedness and the wonder and the amazement. Who God is reveals the identity of Christ in our heart and in our life, the wonderful aspect of the Holy Spirit. He's got feelings. Then he has a will. Let me get back to feelings, though. What's wonderful about the Holy Spirit when we accept Christ into our heart, here's what's happening. Here's what happens. When we do things that hurt him, he lets us know in powerful, effective, gentle ways, doesn't he? Like my friend, friend Fragili, if I was doing something stupid, he'd go to his trunk and get a hammer out and walk over and say, hey, stupid, boom, you're doing silly stuff. Holy Spirit brings conviction, brings feeling into our hearts and lives and comes up alongside. Holy Spirit is known as the paraclete, the one that comes up alongside of us, making sure that he, know, he tells us that we're going to make it, that he's with us. Spirit of God has a will. Wonderful passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11. The Bible speaks about the spiritual, the Spirit giving spiritual gifts to each of us as he wills. Amen? As he desires, as he purposes. They are placed in the body of, of Christ and given to us as assignments and responsibilities that we can engage in for the purposes of and the wonder, and the growth, maturity of the body of Christ. Each of you have a gift. You ever see that movie? You. You got a gift. I guess not. But anyways, um, <laughs> you. You got a gift. Each of you has a gift that the Holy Spirit has willed, has given, has desired to give to you. Not based on your good looks and charm. Not based on anything but the love of God. A lot of the things that we're gifted in happen out of our brokenness. Isn't it true? Out of the pain that we suffer, out of the sorrow that we suffer, out of the things that we go through. The Holy Spirit is an awesome restorer. Daryl and I were talking today about the wonder and the paradox of our Christian life. In the midst of deep, deep sorrow, because of the Holy Spirit, we experience the joy of the Lord. Amen? Deep, deep confusion and chaos, lack of wondering what is going on in our lives, comes this awesome peace that mounts guard over our heart and mind in Christ. Jesus, he guards us. And we understand that this peace, we don't, we don't understand it 
It passes all understanding, but we have in the midst of chaos and confusion, not understanding what's happening in our life, we have the awesome peace of Christ. In our brokenness, in the pain of being broken and crushed by the things of this world, we have this feeling of being restored and renewed and refreshed by the power and the work of the Holy Spirit. What a God we serve, amen? Doesn't matter what you're feeling today, what you're going through today, our God loves you and he desires to give himself to you. And I've said it over and over again. God doesn't give us bullet points and answers. Oh, you want answers to life? Here you go. I'm going to give you the 12 points of having a wonderful life. I'll see you at the pearly gates. No. No. In my experience, I don't get answers. I get presence of God through the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. And you know what? I'm good. I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I know that he's with me. Amen. Whatever I face, whatever circumstance I go through, I know he's with me because he desires to be with me. It's his purpose and will and passion that he'll abide in us and that he'll live with us and he'll govern us and he'll master us by his precious purposes and desires for our life and our will. Yeah. He's got a will. He's got a will. Fourthly, personality trait, actions. Actions. There is a long scriptural list of the Spirit's actions. You have a list there. You can look up the verses that I gave to you. But listen to this. He speaks. He said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. He testifies. John 15, 26 the Spirit's function and his role is to bear witness to the living Lord, bear witness to the things of Christ. He teaches that which Jesus taught. He brings to our remembrance the things that, that the Lord has revealed to us. Have you ever been witnessing to people, talking to people about the Lord, right? And these scripture verses are ripping out of your mind and heart. You're like, oh, yeah, but the Bible says this. And then you're like, what? I didn't know I knew that one. And then, hey, the Bible says this. You should have, Whoa. Where did that one come from, right? The Holy Spirit ministering what you've already studied, what, you, what he's already brought you through, what he's already bringing you into. He's the one that speaks. Lots of situations, we try to find things that we got to say. What can I say to him? You know what? 99.9% .9 of the time I counsel or talk with people, I don't know what to say. All I can say is Jesus is with you. The power of the Holy Spirit is with you. Lean upon the work and power of the Holy Spirit as he will bring things to your remembrance, bring things to your heart to minister to people. Amen? All the work that's done spiritually is done by the power of the Holy Spirit and you letting him work through you. He teaches. Aren't you glad that he teaches? Who said yes? Oh, Bob Miller back there. Amen. All right. Hey, here's one that we love. He convicts. He convicts. Don't you sometimes hate that about the power of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God? You can't do anything wrong because he always comes to you and says, that is not a wise decision. That's going to hurt you. The Spirit convicts of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Look that up in John chapter 16, 8 through 11. The Bible says that he intercedes for us. The Spirit is our intercessor. 
The Bible tells us we have an intercessor in the heavens who is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ left glory to do all the transaction of our salvation in the heavenly realms. Right? In Job, we see that the accuser and the slanderer came before God and said to Job, said to God, look at this guy, Job, man. He's got everything. But if I put pressure on him, if I inflict him, he's going to turn his back on you and run from you, curse you, and die. Bob, I'm going to ask you not to talk, okay? Thanks. He comes to us, this slanderer and this accuser, and he tells God what we are. And because of what Jesus Christ has done, Christ comes over to the Heavenly Father and says, that's a false report because he's accepted me. His blood has covered. My blood has covered his sin. He's forgiven and he's pardoned. And what the Holy Spirit does is he brings heaven down to earth. We have a high priest in the heavens. And guess what? We have an intercessor in the heavens, Jesus Christ, praying for you. But do you know that you have an intercessor in your heart who's praying for you now, revealing to you the things of God, restoring you? I was talking to somebody, and we face this a lot. Sometimes we don't know what we're going through. We don't know what we're feeling. We don't know what to do. We need the great intercessor to pray his will and his purpose through us so that we we have an understanding of the purpose and the will of God. The Bible says that God's spirit, the spirit of God, communes or has a partnership, a relationship, fellowship with us, and he lets us know that we are children of God. Isn't that great? The intercessor, Romans chapter 8, verse 26, 27. He guides us into all truth. He reveals God's word to us. All prophecy is not given by the origin of men, but carried along by the Holy Spirit. Amen? He can be tested. He can be lied to. Remember the story in Acts chapter 5? Ananias and Sapphira sold something, and they said that they were going to give a certain amount to the church. They came into the church, lied to the Holy Spirit. And Paul said, why have you lied to the Holy Spirit? Ananias fell down dead. Sapphira came in. Sapphira came in, Paul asked him, is this the amount that you sold and you were willing to give to the church? Yes, it is. She fell down dead. Now, you'll have to ask God all about that when you get there. That's past my pay grade. But I know one thing. Don't lie to the Holy Spirit. Don't lie to the Holy Spirit. He knows you. knows everything about you. Bible says he can be grieved. He can be resisted. At the end of the great sermon that Stephen gave, what did Stephen say before he was stoned to death and before the people killed him? You always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did. So do you. Whoa. See, my greatest fear is that the presence of God would be taken from my life. What else do I have to live for? But the presence of God in my heart and in my life, living my life for the glory of God, for my family, for my wife, that my kids will come to know Christ, that I lead my wife into a prosperous relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't resist the Holy Spirit. How are you resisting the Holy Spirit? Because what happens is he's a gentleman 
And this is what happens. He speaks to you. You don't respond. He speaks to you. You don't respond. He moves upon your life. You don't respond. He sends people into your life. You don't respond. He sends circumstances, situations into your life that you can respond to the wooing of the Holy Spirit. You do not respond. What happens? His voice gets softer and softer and softer. And the voices of the world, the voices of our culture, the voice, voices of the enemy of our soul gets louder and louder and louder until a point we cannot hear the voice of God wooing us anymore. Urgent, urgent stuff. The presence and the power of the Holy Spirit today. He can be insulted. He can be enraged. The Holy Spirit is a person. Amen? But good news. The Holy Spirit is a divine person. Amen? A divine person. Matthew chapter 28 when Jesus said, go make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That, that name, name is not plural, it's singular. The name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Matthew's bringing out the Trinitarian formula. The name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Spirit bears the attributes of God. He's eternal. Hebrews 9.14, how much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our conscience from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God? As it is said, Jesus is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. So the spirit has no origin, has no ending. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is God. Amen? He is all-knowing. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Have you ever thought that you could hide something from God? <laughs> like, you know, you can do something or say something and God won't see it, God won't know it, God won't know that you did. Come on, friends, he's all-knowing, amen? He sees you. He sees you. He's all-knowing. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Amen? The Spirit of God knows you, understands you, sees you today. Holy Spirit, if you're in Christ, the Holy Spirit inside you is expressing all of your pain and all of your sorrow just with you. As you're sorrowful, as you're painful, as you're experiencing pain, he's there with you, interceding for you on your behalf. Then we understand he's eternal, he's all-knowing, he's all-powerful, amen? Beautiful portion of scripture. When we get to heaven, we'll find out how this whole virgin birth thing took place, amen? Kind of a crazy, crazy thing, but it, it happened. Read this. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. <laughs> Amen? Wow. It's all powerful. Then it goes on to say, how can this be? Beautiful verse of Scripture. For nothing is impossible with God. Amen? Isn't that wonderful? Nothing is impossible with God. He's eternal. He's all-knowing. 
He's all-powerful in your life and in the church, and he is present everywhere. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths of hell, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. He is present everywhere. The spirit of our God. We see that he has personal traits. We see that he's a divine person. We see that he does the works of God. We see the Spirit active in four key areas, God's activity. Listen to this. Number one, he's involved in creation. Genesis chapter 1, verse 2 says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God hovered upon the face of the waters, moved upon the face of the waters. The Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The Spirit of God brought life to that darkness, brought life to that emptiness, brought life to that formlessness. Amen? He brought life. Now, when we look about, when we look in our lives, before we gave our hearts to Christ, wasn't there darkness? Wasn't there emptiness? Wasn't there formlessness? Wasn't there a void in our heart, in our mind? And literally, the presence of God was hovering over you. I'm going to get you, boy, with my love. I'm coming down on you. As he woos us with the very presence of God, he is involved in creation. And then he's involved in regeneration. Amen? Regeneration speaks about us being born again. The spirit of the living God captures us when we were, the Bible says we were dead in our sins and transgressions. Dead. But he brought us back to life. He quickened us by the power of the Holy Spirit so that we might have life. We didn't need improvement. We didn't need a makeover. We needed new life. And the Spirit of God brought new life into our hearts. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he's born of water, born of the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. The Spirit is always seeking to birth us into the things of God, to birth us into the kingdom of God, to birth us into the majesty and splendor and amazement of the things of God, the kingdom of God. And then, third, the Spirit is active in giving us the scriptures. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, all scripture is God-breathed or inspired. Really, the word inspired is not the word. The word should be expired. It's not that we receive inspiration. That's not the key element. That's not what we focus on. The key element is this, that all scripture is God-breathed. It's God-expired. It's God-brought-out. It's God-proclaimed. It's God-declared. It's God-saying it. It's God-speaking it, right? It's God-telling it. It's God-teaching it. That's where the wonder of our salvation and the power of the scripture is all about, is that God breathed, just like he breathed in creation, new life. He desires to breathe in us this new and awesome life, the presence of God. Fourth, the Spirit is involved in the resurrection. Listen to this verse, guys. I want you to to look over here to the right. Nobody's moving and looking over to the right. Okay, look over here to the right, okay? All right? And then, okay, everybody look over here to the left. 
All right? And now everybody look back here and look at Andy just sitting on the floor over there. Okay, everybody look at Andy. All right? Okay, and everybody look at me now. And now listen to this passage of Scripture. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, who was that spirit? The Holy Spirit. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. The Bible says the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead now dwells in you to touch your mortal body now. Amen. Do you need a healing? Do you need a touch from God? Are there things in your mind that need to be broke loose? A freedom in your mind? Setting free of the mind, the body, the soul, and the spirit. We need a touch from God, the power of the Holy Spirit to minister wholeness and salvation in all aspects of our life. Amen? Don't we need that? The spirit is involved in resurrection from the dead. Now, what do we do? We just heard a message. You've got the scripture verses there. What do we do now? We ask the, we ask the Lord now. As we're going to just worship the Lord for a bit, we ask the Lord to reveal to us our heart. Some of you in this place don't even know where your heart is at. Some of you are resisting even now the very presence of the Holy Spirit in your heart and in your life. I want you to just offer your heart to the Lord and let the Holy Spirit speak to you today. On situations in your life, on yielding to him, on worshiping him on the giftings that you have. Amen? Just worship the Lord. Jesus said there'll be a time when we'll worship in spirit and in truth. Amen? So we're going to take some time. It's early. We're going to take some time just to worship the Lord, to feel and experience this third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, ministering to your heart and to your life. Let him reveal things to you about who God is, but also let him reveal things to, to you about your life and how he wants to change you and transform you by the power of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, creator of the universe, the one who has caused us to be born again, the one who breathed out the very words of God, the one who has literally raised Christ from the dead is here now to deal with you and transact with your life. Let him, in Jesus' name.